0: Welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardi here with you, and as always, joined by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We're here with you on Monday night into Tuesday, and we are rolling on a great, great show here today on Brewcast because well, we've got to talk about what happened in Happy Valley, guys. How we feeling?
3: Um outside of physically feeling ill and run down just from my health. Yeah. How was, how was Chicago, by the way? Let's start with that. Um, talk about a, a, a assault on the senses and, and a test of my wherewithal. Um, I mean, shout out to, to Matt Brown, Caroline Darnie, uh, and West Scott for, you know, the, the weekend and, and kind of hanging out as an SB nation team. Um, I was legit. I was legitimately had a good time. Spending time with them. Uh, what what was tough to swallow at times was I was at Northwestern Ohio State on Friday, and it was legitimately, first of all, Ryan Field is basically like, it's a Big Ten version of Reinerson Stadium in Ypsilanti, and it's, it's a very sterile high school football-feeling environment, and it was 95% Ohio State fans from the second I got off the plane on Thursday to the train ride all the way there and through the game and even you know a little bit on the weekend. So Friday night was, was an experience. Saturday was with the Michigan game and experience Sunday with the lions, of course, an experience. And and now Monday, we've got news that uh, Franz Wagner is out the first four to six weeks. So this has just been a banner few days for um, good, positive feelings in, in the state of Michigan. Chris, how you doing, man?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm doing all right, uh, Anthony. I, I share a lot of your sentiments, at least uh, as far as this most recent uh, weekend in sports. Uh, I will say this was one of the strangest feelings I've ever had after a Michigan football game. For the most part, my emotions are, are fairly simple. They win. Usually, I'm pretty happy. They play well. I'm happy. They play poorly. Usually, I'm kind of upset. It's very rare that I feel neither one of those emotions after a Michigan game, especially a loss. It was one of the, the strangest games, one of the strangest efforts I've seen by a, a Michigan team in a long time. And I think we're, we're going to get more into that when we talk about it in, in this episode, just kind of the, the very strange uh, feeling that a lot of fans are going through after what was a, a, an extremely valiant, extremely admirable effort that ultimately ended in a, a heartbreaking loss and what's weird is I feel like in in almost any other season this is a loss you look at and just say god that was so brutal but considering the what we've had to experience not just with with Michigan football it seems there are other sports as well I wouldn't put this in the, in the top 15 as far as toughest losses that uh, you uh, we've had to endure as as Michigan sports fans this was this was a weird one
3: uh, man it what about toughest
0: finishes?
2: Yeah. Even then, I don't know if I'd put it top ten.
0: It was it was a bit heartbreaking, but yeah. I think this is a perfect encapsulation of, of where we want to go on the show because I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I agree, hundred percent. Like this is weird. This year, like this is the best that I've felt about this Michigan team after any game they've played this year, and it comes after a loss, which is which is super strange. And it's like. And, and and we want to go here. Can we be like okay with the fight with this team and, and be optimistic about the future going forward after a loss? You know, everyone's talking about it's year five for Jim Harbaugh and this and that. But at the same time, two points I want to get to. Um, number one, I think all of us expected Michigan to get beat in this game, right? Like I, I think we said that on the pod last week. So I feel like the disappointment isn't really there because it was the expectation uh, regardless of how they started, and we can get into all that too. But um, number two, this is, uh, Anthony, you talked about it before we started recording the pod. It, it felt like kind of the Notre Dame game last year, but at the same time, yeah. like, yeah, that that was bad. But at the same time, like Michigan rattled off how many wins in a row. Following that game and some really good wins, so if it's if it's like that and it catapults this team to finish the year strong, win out until the Ohio State game, like I'm not going to say that I'm going to be happy with how the season went, but I'm not going to be like extremely disappointed. I'm not sure, you know, if that's how much of the Michigan fan base feels. Sounds like they're kind of tired, you know, of that and the ten and three thing, and not, you know, Jim Harbaugh not taking them over the top. What do you guys feel about all that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess, and you're right. I do feel that. I think the the highs, or the, I'll say this, the lows were much lower in this game than that Notre Dame game last year, but the highs were much higher. I mean, they had a better chance, it felt like, of winning this game uh, than they did that Notre Dame game throughout the end of it last year, but they also got off to a much worse start. I mean, you can't you can't get off to a much worse start when you go down 21-0 on the road in that environment. And like I said, I respect like hell that they came out and fought back the way that they did. But it's just like – it's like playing whack-a-mole. Like you hit the one mole, you you get one problem figured out. Okay, the offense is moving. We're back in this football game. And then the other mole pops up that you have to whack back into place. And that's – the defense comes right back and gives up another big play. And and that was – you know, it was like the, I think it's a Geico commercial, no free ads, of course, but um, where the guy, he's got the dollar bill on the fishing pole. He's like, oh, you, you almost had it. Try again. Oh, you're almost there. You almost got it. Like that was, that was this game. And, and the thing that bothers me the most, and we'll talk about, you know, moral victories and at this point of the juncture and things like that. But um, like I said to Luke before we started recruit or recording, when you look at a game like if this game took place in year one of the Harbaugh era, where you're not favored at Penn State, you know, the odds are stacked against you, all the metrics are against you, Vegas is against you by, you know, I think it was nine points by the time the game kicked off. And and you go down early, but then you fight back and you 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 literally you literally dropped a chance of tying the game and we're not going to dog Donnie Brown or Donnie Brown, Ronnie, Ronnie Brown, Ronnie bell. Jesus. (laughs) I have a cold right now. My brain is not working. Um, We're not going to dog Ronnie bell. Uh, I think that we've had enough of of that talk the last few days. I'll say that it's extremely, it's extremely cruel twist of fate. Almost like Michigan is in college football's version of the Truman show where once again, back to the whack-a-mole thing, We've been waiting all season for them to get their wide receivers involved. They start getting them involved, and then none of them can catch the football. I mean Donovan Peoples Jones, Tariq Black, Ronnie Bell had a few of them, had had the one at the end. That is such an enormously cruel twist of fate. Like I, I would almost it's almost as if like Shemelon wrote it. It's so actually most of Shimelon's twists suck, but it's it's one of those like cruel it's just it sucks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, we could we could also see this twist yeah. coming from a mile away and too. And I, so I, I think kind of bring back analogy. to uh,
3: what my original point was, I mean, I, I'm not going to be the, you know, in year five, I can't believe X is happening and this and this and this. But in the fifth year of the Jim Harbaugh era, that they continue to come out. They continue to, and I'll say it, coach scared on the road, to, you know, make some egregious mental mistakes. The um, punting uh, from... I believe it was their own side of the field on that first drive of the game. And then in that same situation, you send a guy out there to kick a 58 yard field goal. When his, I think his career long before that was like 45 or something like that. That's those are self-inflicted wounds and Don Brown, Don Brown's defense, not being locked in at all times is a self-inflicted wound that continues to happen against any team that has an offense that has a pulse. Like uh, I won't say a pulse, but, has a a danger, dangerous talent is the way I'll put it. Um, You can respect, I I think you can respect the fight and I do respect the fight. And it's, it's more fight than this team has shown. I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't fight through the army game. That was an army is three and four, by the way. Um, But they did have to fight to win that game. Um, You know, Iowa was a a big 10 bar fight Uh, coming out of that Wisconsin game. Like we needed to see them. Respond a little bit better, and for the most part, they have. But you come out, and you dig yourself a hole like that. To me, that's not a moral victory. Again, that is a another skid mark on on what some of this program's biggest problems are. They 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 just don't start out hot on the road, and when you start out cold like that against a, a good football team in their building, things are going to snowball on you, and it snowballed. And, and I, I don't. That's unacceptable to me. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, The phrase that I've been thinking of the last couple days has just been too little, too late. Because if this was the Wisconsin game, you said if this was a year one under Harbaugh game, it'd be different. If this was the Wisconsin game and they would have lost like this, I think we all would have come on here and said, hey, sucks to lose. They have a, a, a very small margin for error, but their goals are still ahead of them. They played much better in the second half, really much better in the last three quarters. And maybe there's something here. But ultimately, this Michigan team, I think I said this after the game, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, Luke. I thought this was the best game they played all year. Like a lot of people would say Iowa, but that that game was painful at points. They could not move the ball offensively. For three quarters of that game on Saturday, Michigan was the better football team. And for three quarters, Shea Patterson was the better quarterback. And it was the first time, like you said, Anthony, that they have opened up the playbook and they have gotten their receivers involved involved. And yes, the drops were infuriating. Uh, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to really talk about Ronnie Bell here because uh, you feel bad for the kid. And he admittedly has been probably.
0: Well, it, it wasn't just him either. Oh, no. Nico sure. had some bad drops. DPJ had some bad drops. Like it was weird, man.
2: It was very strange. One dude, 100%. But Ultimately, I think one the most interesting thing going forward that we're going to see is what Michigan team shows up because on Saturday the team we saw in the last three quarters that was a team for the first time all year the uh, team that was the odds-on favorite to win the Big Ten preseason obviously that's very much changed but the team that was <laughs> favorite at the beginning of the year finally played like the team. That was going to be the odds on. That could be the odds on favorite to win the Big Ten. It took them six and a half games to do so. Now going forward, because there's still a lot of really tough games left on the schedule, are their goals aren't? They don't control their own destiny anymore. Even if they win out, who knows if that will be good enough? But it will be interesting to see if the Michigan team we saw on Saturday for the last three quarters is that really is that the Michigan team that we're going to see going forward. Or was that just a team with their backs against the wall that op- that was forced to open up the playbook and played some of their best football of the year? That more than anything, I think, because obviously their goals are kind of, you know, very far away, almost in the rearview mirror at this point. Um, the most interesting thing will be to see which Michigan team shows up going forward.
3: No, I mean, I, when Anthony, we will be that if you want. Yeah, I, I can, I can add to that. Or add to it. I mean, it becomes a question of is there anything it's it's pretty unfortunate that it took them you know six and a half games of football to start playing the best football we've seen all year um I'm not going to dog them too much for that because I feel like a lot of the things I've said about the program this year and coming out of last year is you know I'm on the record as believing that and um but at the end of the day it, it you know what what can they do to salvage this year um You know, you came into this season as, and and this is where, this is what bothers me. Like people start blaming the media because Michigan was favored to win the big 10. Like this was like the first time they were unanimously, unanimously favored in like what, six or seven years at least. Um, It's, I get annoyed with anytime there's a tough loss there's this fan base comes out and says, and there's a, a portion of this fan base. I think there are vocal minorities of the fan base on, on the terrible side of things. And there are a vocal minority of fans that are also extremely positive and, and apologists, so to speak. And I think that something we see from the apologists at times is that, um, you know, well, you know, it took, it took devil Swinney eight years to, to put Clemson on the national map and things like that. And this Michigan isn't on, isn't not competing for Big Ten titles right now because of a lack of talent or a lack of, you know, they're they're not getting embarrassed in, in most of these games, but it's self-inflicted wounds. It's poor, poor decision-making on the coaching staff, uh, you know, play calling, players at times making some pretty bad and out-of-character mistakes. Um, the only thing that's been in, in Michigan's way, and even there are people who say that, they're, Michigan will never compete until there's a level playing field against college. Football. Like stop. You were, I mean, there are a couple of coin flip games away from us having a pretty different perspective of what this program is right now. That Michigan state game in 2015, the Ohio state game, in 2016, the Iowa game in 2016. Um, it's not like they're so far off that there are just so many building block things that need to happen. Like, through five years that that it's it's just kind of disheartening that through five years the only thing that we have to kind of comment and go off of right now is that well if the, you know we're proud of the fight in this game we if this this and this can happen I mean I'll, I'll say it right now like the only thing to me right that can make this a season where you can go you know what things may have started out bad but you salvage this is if you win these next four games, and then you go out and you give Ohio state a game and give yourself a chance to beat them. And maybe it takes them beating them for the the monkey to truly be off of a lot of people's back. Because I really do think that the Ohio state cloud hangs over this program more than anything else. Um, I, I think that I get, I think I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm not going to hate on this team for fighting back because they, I think in a lot of ways they showed us something that we didn't think we, they were capable of. And it gives you hope that, you know heading into a top 10 team that you play on Saturday in Notre Dame heading into a Michigan State team that might be done and cooked by then and and maybe giving yourself a, beat, a chance to beat Ohio State um it, it's weird that a game can be so disheartening and then it was that it was right there for you and it was more of the same but also they sort of did change a little bit of the narrative at the end uh, it's just like like you said I I know I'm kind of rambling here but it was such an odd game for takeaways. It's it's almost like the blue dress uh, gold dress thing from, I think I've used this analogy before, like you're going to see from that game, whatever you wanted to see. And I think the people who are oral, oral positive saw hope that this team can flip the switch and turn it around. And I think the people who are negative, it's just losing that game gives them more fuel for the fire. I think I'm somewhere in the middle on that. Um, I think that team that showed up in that last two and a half quarters has a chance to not only win these next three games, but also give Ohio State a fight because there ain't nobody that's given Ohio State a fight at all. I mean, you can say Cincinnati was the best team they played, but Ohio State routed them. Other than that, Ohio State's played a lot of garbage. So...
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. D W Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, like, yeah, and,
0: and to piggyback off that, Anthony, like at the end of the day, if Michigan's got three losses at the end of the year and they're Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, at Penn State, and Ohio State, they beat Notre Dame, Michigan State at home. At the end of the day, man, I can live with that. And I know maybe I might be in the minority on that, but like it, it's at the point where, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just I guess, it,
3: I guess what I would ask is that when we go back in the way back machine and say, Oh, you know, we're talking about the team preseason. Best case scenario, you know, they win the Big Ten, maybe sneak into the college football playoff. Worst mm-hmm. case, if you went through it and said, Hey, they went nine and three, but they lost at Wisconsin at Penn State, and then to Ohio State, that as a worst case scenario is not terrible. And I don't think that's I right. I don't think that's a fireable offense. Now, if they end this year, and we're talking a team that's eight and four or, or worse, and then doesn't play well in a bowl game, and I think that's a key part of this too. Um, seeing that they, you know, they already don't have a ton to play for outside of the rivalry game. Like you're not going to win the Big Ten, and yeah. and obviously with that comes you're not going to the playoff, but you can still win these rivalry games. You have a chance to win two of the three, and and in a certain scenario where maybe all of this bad luck finally catches up to them and something good happens. Maybe you beat Ohio state. Um, But the thing that I, the thing that I don't think what I don't want to see and what I would be concerned by is another loss to Ohio state. I can live with that at this point, because honestly, like I said, I don't think half of whoever makes the college football playoff can beat Ohio state, but right. If you come out and then do that and then don't perform in your bowl game, you are, it's it's just an exercise in, in the same thing we've seen in the last really four years. So
0: well, it breeds it breeds losing. Like think about it, man. Coming off that first year when they crushed Florida in that bowl game back in twenty fifteen, well twenty sixteen technically, that catapulted them to a great start in the twenty sixteen season and really a great twenty sixteen. You know, a start to the twenty sixteen season and a great twenty sixteen season as a whole. You know, and then and then the 2016 bowl game, you lose to Florida State. You know, Matt, it was a tough one. It was a one-point loss to Florida State or yeah. whatever. And then you start off the season strong in 2017, but at the same time, you kind of bred losing, and then 2017 doesn't turn out to be that great. Uh, you lose a ridiculous game to South Carolina that year. Then you start the year by losing to Notre Dame. You know, then you go out and you get trashed by Florida, in the bowl game, you come out and you're lethargic against Middle Tennessee State. Like I feel like that breeds, uh, kind of a rot in the program. I, I really I don't care about the outcomes of bowl games all that much, but you have to perform well, somewhat well in them. You have to show up to play in them. That's how I feel about it
2: Especially, especially when you've been in the position that Michigan's been in, where they've had several guys who've sat in bowl games, you know, to prepare for the NFL draft or to not risk injury for the draft. You you almost get a preview of the team you're gonna see the next mm-hmm. season in that final game of the year. And uh each one and sometimes it's been positive, like in twenty fifteen, we got kinda got a preview of what the twenty sixteen team could look like, and that team was very good. But you know, the Florida State loss was kind of indicative of things to come, as was uh last year's loss to and, Florida.
0: You know, I, I think it's it's played a part in these starts for Michigan on the road because guys, they had to take a timeout. With fifteen minutes on the clock of the first
3: quarter. That can't I've never that,
2: seen that can't that. happen. Like, never it just cannot before.
3: happen under any circumstance. The only time I've ever the only time I've ever done that is when I've been playing like Madden and accidentally like try to pause the game right. and turn, it, it, press a timeout on accident.
0: There there That's is the no rhyme or reason seen. for it. You know well ahead of time if you're receiving or if you're kicking. You know, like you have to have a play call, called and ready to go.
2: Like I Do you think? Do you think that one falls on the coaching though, or do you think that one falls on Shea? Because clearly, it seemed like Harbaugh was telling him, "Hey, hurry up, hurry up." Yeah,
3: Yeah, you know what? That I mean, that's that's a senior quarterback. Like that can't happen. For as good as he played, there are two things that happened in that game that cannot happen. That was one. And that interception was well, absolutely
0: into the were ground, man. Oh, yeah, I was ready to see, I was ready to see McCaffrey at that point, but to Shea's credit, I, I we to Shea's credit, man, he played good in that second half.
3: He really did. He commanded the offense. Yeah, you know, you know what's weird to say that honestly might be the best yeah. game he's yeah. ever played at Michigan. So I, would, like, I, would I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent. So it's, it's so, this game is so odd well, to and, talk about. And let's it be really honest is. here. The, the past
0: interference on Nico Collins changed the entire complexion of the game. Cause right after that, Shea threw that interception.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the
2: officiating yeah. sucked. And I'm not, I'm not trying
0: to harp on that. I'm just saying it, it's those little breaks that seem to have, could seem to continuously go against Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. Yeah. It's not yeah. anyone well, else's. It's not swing. anyone else's fault. It's just the breaks of the game are going to fall one way or another. And lately, especially in these big games, is something little like that. And Michigan doesn't recover from it, and that's on them. They have to learn how to be able to fight through that adversity. But at the same time, man, like if that doesn't get, if that doesn't get called, Michigan might go in and score. It's 14-7. The defense started to play pretty good. Like it's the little breaks like that that just haven't gone Michigan's way in quite some time.
3: Well, and I I don't want, you know, people have this take that what did Michigan do to where the refs hate them so much? And the big 10 hates them so much. Listen, the big 10 does not hate you. You are probably outside of Ohio state, the biggest money-making school that they have. So let's, let's just put the kibosh on the conspiracy theory there. Um, The officiating, some of those calls were absolutely brutal. The, the push off on the Penn state uh, touchdown doesn't miss call, but you're going to have missed calls and, and it's, it's one of those things where again, you, you do, you do have to fight through it. I mean, Michigan has gotten some of those calls at times at home. It's, it's part of being in that environment, uh, being in that atmosphere. You know, there's a reason that home field advantage in college sports is so much more important than yeah. any, than pro sports, any of that. Like um, it's just a different, it's a different ball game when you go on the road and, 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 Again, we we talk about these guys just have to learn how to play through it. Guys, again, this is year five. There there are four you know, there are guys on the roster who have been here for seventy five to eighty there, seventy-five to you know, eighty percent of the Jim Harbaugh era. Like at some point, you are what you are. And I think that's the most and again, I'm not I'm not trying to sound negative, but I'm just I'm trying to Mel, I'm trying to show the apologists and the overly negative people the light on what's actually happening. Um That sounds like an Alex Jones, like Infowars type thing. But I, I swear to you, like I, I, I think to, to kind of put a bow on what my thoughts are, like, I think you can be I am more encouraged coming out of that game than I have been any other game this season without but question. I, but at the same time it's disturbing that again, here we are and it's a close but no cigar thing that's not that's not what any of this yeah. that's not what we signed up for here. it's just not and it's
0: can i also can I also i, I want to leave you know one kind of final thought on this here's the thing the the ceiling for this team is it, they are their ceiling is a big ten championship team. they've come close they just haven't gotten over the top. but the ceiling. Is that they just haven't reached their ceiling yet? I don't think their ceiling is a national title contender. The floor,
2: no, and I I I, I never believed yeah. that either. Honestly, even when they right. the,
0: the floor is probably eight and four, right? Like we we have to decide if that's what we're okay right. with. I'm personally okay with that. And you know what? Every couple of years, you you go into the Ohio State game with a chance to win the East and go to the Big Ten championship game and probably be favored in Indianapolis. I'm okay with that. I, I'd like to see them win that game. Obviously, but it's like I, I'm okay with that floor and that ceiling. Honestly, no. and that's I think a lot of people have to to start wondering if they're okay with that I floor am, and that ceiling. What
3: I'll say here is that, and there's a there's a portion of this fan base, and this might be more towards the the impatient people that they think Michigan simply just has to be great, fire the money cannons, and they're entitled to success. You are not entitled to anything. You have to go out and earn it. Um, Michigan has done, has gotten so very close, but its biggest enemy right now is itself. Like, what is? We, when we have to ask ourselves, what is the expectations at Michigan? They are what they always have been: win the Big Ten and and go to the Rose Bowl. Like anything more than that, to me, is gravy. Like you need to go, you need to go to Indy, you need to win the Big Ten, go to the Rose Bowl, or go to you know a New Year's Six Bowl, whatever it is. The only thing that has stopped them from reaching that goal, it has not been lack of talent. It has not been uh, you know poor recruiting classes. It has not been cheating schools. It has been themselves. And I don't think there's an objective person out there that can disagree with that. They shoot themselves in the foot. They, there have been silly mistakes by the coaching staff, silly gaffes by the players, there is not some big, wide gap that's stopping them that they need to just keep building and keep fighting. No, you just need to get out of your own way. I think if you start there, you're going to be pretty successful and, and start winning a few more big games. When you go through the stats, like um, you look at a lot of the big game mistakes that they've that they've had. And I think by my count now, in these measuring stick games, I think they have a record of, I think it's 12 and 15 now more often than not in those games that they've lost they either haven't shown up and haven't played well or been right there and shot themselves in the foot and that is something they control and only they can fix it's not throwing more money at assistants it's not firing your head coach this is this goes back further than Jim Harbaugh there's there's like a there's like a culture imp- like nobody and this maybe this yeah, goes all the way back to 2004 2005 there hasn't been anyone on this roster in almost 20 years that knows that has been part of a team that's gotten over the hump. And it's something that at some point, and I think, Luke, you brought this up to me on Twitter, um, so like something that Anthony Wright always says. Uh, you have to have that Stu Douglas moment where someone just makes a play out of nowhere and flips the switch and it changes the narrative. Michigan hasn't had that moment yet, and it, it hasn't happened. It didn't happen at the yeah. end of the Lloyd Carr era. It certainly didn't happen in the Rich Rod era. Uh, it only got worse as the Brady Hoke era went along. And, you know, the only time those moments have happened in the, in Michigan's history under Jim Harbaugh have been when other teams have the Stu Douglas moment. So that's, to me, in a nutshell, that's kind of what it is. If you just stay out of your own way and... You know, it'd be amazing what they could accomplish. They'd probably have Jim Harbaugh, I think is 43 and 16. He's probably off the top of my head, uh, 47 and 12. If a couple of those games, they just show up and play well. So, I mean, I, I know that's the what if game, but what's holding this program back is are things that they can control and they haven't done a good enough job controlling it. Um, I think that they took a step towards that over the weekend but, in the end, the song remains the same. and it's it's another loss on the road to a top ten team. And um all you can do is get back after it and and win, do what you can to to win these next four games, and then give yourself a shot that last week of the year. So I guess that's just kind of where I see it now. Maybe I'm negative and I'm you know, I'm overly negative and overly dramatic people tend to say, but I think if you're objective, like you see that. I don't think I'm being overly emotional about this. And if I am, call me out. But I just, I I don't, you can, you can respect what's going on or what's gone on since the Wisconsin game and still not be satisfied. And the problem is that I think a lot of the fans are there, but that team isn't there yet. And that's, that's a problem.
2: Well, basically, kind of uh, piggybacking on what Anthony said about how Chris, they, a lot you get of things your final are, thoughts uh, and also what you said as well, Luca. Uh, Anthony, you brought up that this a lot of this is in their control. Luke, you brought up, uh, you know, one or two of the questionable calls, uh, mainly the the Nico Collins pass interference. I think those things kind of combine when you look at Saturday's game because I look, I'm. The only really egregious call I saw on Saturday was that Nico Collins' offensive pass interference. I thought that was that was terrible. The other two early on in the game, one uh, was – well, actually, they were both by Penn State. I, I wasn't like, yeah, they probably should have been called. Honestly, 90% of the time, you're just not going to get those calls, especially on the road. I mean, it's just a fact. Now, I'm also under the impression that when a team is penalized a lot – Refs are more likely to throw flags against you, whether fair or not. And Michigan, especially on Saturday, for a team and a defense that has a lot of experience on it, continues to show a remarkable lack of discipline. And that, more, almost more than anything, is the most surprising thing about this team. Because even in in Harbaugh's weakest seasons, which would be like year three, you never saw stuff like they lined up in the neutral zone three times in the first half and that screwed them those were big penalties and and that goes back to what anthony said these are things that they can absolutely control now maybe I, i'm still i'm not going to have this argument if you're somebody who believes that a, a changing in the coaching regime would do would fix that go ahead I kind of don't think so. I think when you have guys on this team that are this experienced, it falls on the players to be able to make plays and not do boneheaded stupid things that we've seen them do in several games this season. That is maybe the most disheartening thing, is that they they do a lot of things that just beat themselves.
3: Can I say something about the defense really quick? Uh, And this will be the last time you hear my stupid dumb voice. (laughs) Um, Penn State has one player that you had to worry about on defense. Yet every time they needed a play, KJ Hamler was able to right. provide that for them, and that Dom Brown and it wasn't able to account for that. That that they kind of lost focus at times, and you know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that he was had his pants pulled down or anything, but the team that made more plays won this football game. But I think the concerning thing was once again. Penn state had one guy you really truthfully had to worry about. And he had one of the games of his career and he iced the game away. That's. And then at the end of the game, like I know that that it was a desperation challenge by Harbaugh, but taking that time out or taking challenging that, that play at the end, challenging the spot, probably if you were, if you stop them after that, you maybe get the ball back with five or 10 seconds left. And I know it's a, it's a prayer at that point anyways, but. Um, I felt like that was another missed opportunity as well. So I don't know. It's that's it. I I got nothing else. I've been too negative. I'm sure I'm going to get all the tweets and you know, the bad iTunes reviews and and all that, that were too negative, but I'm just, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Like I I don't, I respect how they played Saturday in, in the last two and a half quarters, but it's a 60 minute game. And they didn't play all 60 minutes, regardless of, of what they said they
2: did. So And they and they haven't all year. No. And really haven't, probably since Penn State last season. Nope, you're probably right.
0: Oh well. All right, Chris, where can we find you on social media?
2: All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-C-A-S-T-E-L-L A-N-I 2014. Uh Tons of stuff going on. We got Michigan post games. The World Series uh, post games are going to be coming up starting tomorrow. This postseason for baseball has been off the chain, awesome. So having a lot of fun doing that on my uh, Twitter. You'll find the link to my YouTube page as well. Go ahead and uh, subscribe there as well. You should probably have a review up uh, probably sometime in the next couple weeks. A lot of videos or a lot of movies coming down the pike. I want to see. My Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle. And if you want to see me on Instagram, that's ChrisCastle95. That's C H R I S. C a s t l e nine five. Please follow me on all those platforms.
3: Anthony, Uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Uh, Send me. You can. You can Venmo me money to get chocolate. Chocolate. Uh, Send send me something. I feel sick. I'm 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 grumpy. I'm crabby. I'm I'm tired. (laughs) Send me a good tweet. Send me some good vibes. I, I don't know. I'm I'm having a rough time over here right now. Um, but yeah, follow follow the website at Mazing Brew. Follow the uh, get our, you get our podcast wherever you get your shows: Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone on the website, all that good stuff uh, by searching Mazing Brew podcast. So, thanks for listening to uh, my big uh, dumb takes again. I, I appreciate it. I'm gonna go nap now.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi L U K E G H I. A-R-D-I. Go give me a follow. Also, make sure to follow the Brewcast Show page on Twitter at Brewcast Show. That's going to wrap it up for us here. Remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content. Where to get your podcast by searching Mesa Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Future Brew, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.